0: today the uh, the bill michaels show on the air good stuff on a monday what a weekend of football it was what a weekend of football man oh man oh man the uh the nfl did not disappoint this past weekend i'll tell you that uh it started out with the first game san francisco in seattle san francisco that was a game for a while and then san francisco just just kind of finally kind of took over and then uh, after that it was uh, pretty much all, all San Fran and then after that it was a bunch of exciting games that game on Saturday night Ben Kenny I was thinking of you man I'm thinking wow down four touchdowns a couple of extra points uh, two point conversions field goals everything and back came the Jacksonville Jaguars what a night that was for Jacksonville and Doug Peterson Ben Kenny welcome to the show
1: our Jaguars bill i it was unbelievable I was out with a friend watching the first half and he was checked out, didn't want to watch the second. I had belief I must say throughout the entire game I thought they could still muster something.
0: It was uh, it was impressive. It was impressive. I uh, man I was I was stunned uh, to watch them go down 27 to 7 and I thought this is pretty much it. it's not good. Uh, you come back I I think you know what you come back in the third quarter you know you can maybe make it uh, close uh, and then all of a sudden you know they get to the Jones six yard touchdown pass from uh, Trevor Lawrence and he looked really good and then they're just doing anything and everything they can and Doug Peterson's calling an amazing game and doing things They're instead of running up the gut they're running them wide and things that weren't expected and you know, Doug Peterson got. I don't know if you saw uh, a Good Morning Football and Get Up this morning, but a lot of praise for Doug Peterson and the way he called that game. Man, oh man, just just a, a tremendous, tremendous uh, day yesterday, or excuse me, on Saturday for Doug Peterson and company. So it was, it was, what it was just a lot of fun to watch. And then obviously you got the games yesterday, and the Buffalo Bills. The, I'll tell you this: the Bills. You know, I picked them to win it all at the beginning of the season. I thought the Bills were ready. I thought this is it. This is they're ready to do their thing, and uh, i I thought that they would be really good. But down the stretch, they have faltered time and again. Now they lost Von Miller. Their defense took a blow, and he ended up going down. They just never have seemed to recover from that. Uh, with about uh, I don't know six seven games to go in the season, but uh, Josh Allen just turns the ball over. And if you want to be elite consistently elite and this you can't do that it's eventually going to cost you and he turned it over again a couple of times uh against the dolphins the dolphins it had to have been there i think it might have been a different outcome but i give the dolphins credit i mean early on they were down and then you thought oh, this is uh this is this is this is going to be another one of those games where they're on the road it's in the colder weather although the sun came out but i thought you know no way the dolphins are going to come back i gave the dolphins a ton of credit they came back and and played some good football and then obviously the uh, the games that were and the Vikings going down to the Giants. You, uh, Dable was, it's just so impressive. And Daniel Dable went to Daniel Jones at the beginning of the season. I remember reading this article in the New York times where he went to him after game one, he uh, Jones had thrown a pick and he got in his face and he said, all the things that they're saying about you are true. If you continue to do this. And he said, so we're not going to do it anymore. Are we? And, and Daniel uh, apparently Daniel Jones was kind of taken off guard and kind of looked at him like what what and and, and then he went okay and since then Daniel Jones for eight nine games of the season he just doesn't turn the ball over and he played really really well in that game against the Vikings and the Vikings defense proved to be again susceptible and sure enough they go down but I'll tell you this Cincinnati uh, better figure out again we're sitting here again today going Cincinnati has no offensive line now granted. Uh, Lyle Collins and a couple others had gone down throughout the season. They lost uh, their big left tackle they lost their guard they lost their right tackle so they they 're banged up so I understand that but their their backups it, their their offensive line is again terrible. Joe Burrow, one of the most sacked quarterbacks uh over the first two years of uh, fully years of his career it 's ridiculous and he 's just he 's playing under pressure constantly. They did a good job the Ravens did at trying to shut down. Jamar Chase, and he wasn't going to get over the top on him. He did have a decent day uh, kind of in the in the mediocre type of uh, passing game, but he wasn't going to get the big play over the top. And that Bengals defense that had come into this game so vaunted and all, oh, they were so high, and that was going to be the thing that leads them. You know, I had buddies of mine texting, you watch, you watch. I'm like, okay, tell me where it's at. They only gave up 17 points, but they gave up long drives, and when they needed to stop them the most, it, they didn't get it done. So, but until the end. When they punch the ball out and then finally get over the top and then they get a runaway touchdown and twenty four seventeen the final there, but now you got the big one coming up tonight. Will this be Tom Brady's last game ever? This is like must see TV tonight, isn't it, Ben? Uh, yeah, uh, I look at it the other way. I say, is this
1: Mike McCarthy's last game in Dallas, or just even better? Take Ooh. away, take away whether they fire him or not. Is this? the continuation of what has gone on my entire life of Cowboys teams just failing as soon as they get to the postseason.
0: Yeah, that could be too. Good point. Good point. Big stuff coming up tonight. You got Dallas on the road in Tampa Bay. And then over the weekend, when we go into, uh, we were going into the weekend and I was reading some stuff. I Now, I have to admit, I don't sit here and I'm not, um, until the season really kind of gets going. I don't bury myself in Brewer's stuff. I mean, I pay attention to it. I do watch for acquisitions and such, but it has been an off season of yawn. Okay, just nothing. Just an off season of complete yawn, and they haven't really spent money and done a whole lot. So then you, you know, arbitration's coming up, and we're like, okay, no big deal. You know, we'll, we'll we'll pay attention to it, and you start to watch what was unfolding as guys were being, you know. Uh, obviously, the Brewers were trying to avoid arbitration with numerous players, and you read, okay, you know Brandon Woodruff, uh, they settle arbitration, and then you you read what's going on with Corbin Burns. What the hell? Corbin Burns has arguably been the better better pitcher. We can all agree on that. Why are you uh, Why are you lowballing your own guy like this, a Cy Young Award winner? Why are you doing that? The the whole thing with the Brewers that is so frustrating, okay? This is a very frank, a very honest moment here. I love Brewers baseball. I love going to the games. I love being in the stands. I love sitting in the press box. I love the smell. I love everything about baseball. Always have, always will. And I have come to just enjoy going to the games. I don't get kind of high and low like I used to. I just enjoy going to Brewers games. So I'm thinking to myself, all right, you don't have much, but at least you got this pitching staff that everybody's going to be together for the next couple of years. And you can at least maybe catch lightning in a bottle with a player or two. And then I'm reading, you know, they, they come to a salary agreement with, you know, Rowdy Telez, four and a half million and this and that. And I'm thinking, okay, then you're going to get the pitchers done. You're going to pay a little bit more, but do the right thing. And you lowball Corbin Burns. You sat right there and told us and Mark Antanasio sat right there. Did he not say, Ben, that when it came to the Juan Soto deal that they were in on it and money was not the object?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think he watched some Brian Gutekunst post-trade deadline press conference film.
0: Yeah, I, I never... He said money was not the object. It was not going to be something that kept them from doing that deal. That's okay. We would be in on that. Didn't he say all of that? Did Am I wrong? Did he say anywhere at any time, like... No, we're not in on that. We can't afford that. He never said any of that, right? Correct. Okay. So now you're lowballing your own guy, a Cy Young award winner, a guy that has pitched his ass off? That's embarrassing. That's a, Did his company take a bath in the market to where he just now needs to scrape and pinch and save and, and just decipher all the money to a company or something? Is there some kind of mentality here, like, well, we're small market, so we're just going to completely act like it? I, I, it, it, he said, Mark, somebody's got to come out and sit down in front of a microphone and explain this, because Mark Antanasio himself, now when he sat with David Stearns years ago and going back to the Doug Melvin deal and said, look, guys, this is what we're going to do, we're going to tear it down. We're going to start kind of rebuilding this process. We're going to restock our farm system. We want to really grow and be successful for a sustainable period of time. I said, to the, I said at the time to fans all over, I said, look, this sucks. I get it. But this guy's honest about it. He's sitting there saying, please help us. And fans responded. Fans came out and said, we got your back. We got we're still going to put two and a half million through the uh, through the turnstiles we got your back okay you go re you do what you need to do you continue to excite us we'll spend our money we'll come there we'll be a part of this we'll pay attention to everything that is Brewers because you're honest enough to say to us it's not about the money but it is about the money because we have to tear it down and do it the right way and build our infrastructure gotcha thumbs up let's wrap you know hug chest bump we're in right now Just last year, it's not about the money. We can go after Juan Soto. Sure, we could. Yeah, no big deal. No problem. Okay, so it's not about the money. You're being honest, right? Yeah, being honest. Okay. Now you lowball your own guy in arbitration, a guy that you basically have been just capitalizing on his ability in a really cheap contract over the last couple of years, and now you want to screw him? That's embarrassing. Don't lie to the fans. Mark Antanasio lied to the fans. He looked them right in the eye and he gave you the middle finger. He raised all the prices and said, Oh, by the way, it's not about the money. I am sick and tired of people that have the money saying it's not about the money when you know it's all about the money. Stop lying to fans because what you did is inexcusable. That's embarrassing. This is this is Mark Antanasio talking about the budget and the Juan Soto deal that they were in on.
2: Mark, can you, you can you clarify? You actually picked up salary with these trades that you made, right?
1: Yeah, David deadline? can go through the math. Yes, and and there were there was no uh, any any player or you know I guess you could have put a group of players together, but and David can comment on that. But there
0: was no. Uh, there were no budget problems even with Juan Soto. No budget problems even with Juan Soto. That's his words. And now, a guy that wins a Cy Young, you got him under this cheap ass contract. Now you want to lowball him. Wow. Wow. Yeah, I'm, I can't wait to get down there and pay $12, $14, $16 a beer. Oh, by the way, $25 for a mixed drink. Yeah. Yeah, no. No. You kidding me? Man, that's embarrassing. Am I missing something here, Ben? Is there some kind of, like, bad blood where they hate him? Like he started killing cats outside the stadium? Or it was an inside job when he let the drunk ass that fell in the bushes in the back door so he could come in and rob the place? Is there something going on I don't know about? Well, maybe that's where the money Maybe he had money
1: for Burns, but the guy that, that snuck into the stadium, maybe that's what he took from from the office. Maybe that's what it was. Um, but no, I mean, I, I do accept the reality of small markets, but there also is a line you have to draw of a small market can still do the bare minimum or at least try. Um, and this is kind of the same thing that happened with Hayter, right? They They lowballed him during arbitration. He wasn't happy you kind of figured he would go to the open market once he became a free agent because he didn't think they would pay him long-term. It feels like a similar road they're going down with Burns, which is a, but it's a, like, a
0: worse why? player to do it with. But it's like, why? Why? Why do you do this? It, 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 it's mind-boggling. It's, you just have to be small market. You just have to act this way. You know, there's this level of honesty that you could just, we can appreciate. Like I said, when you came to the fans and you sat down, it was one of the best things ever, man. I applauded Mark Antanasio for that. And when people have ripped him, I've defended him. So in this whole scenario where people say, I can't believe you're coming down on him. No, 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 no. He is never, not once, ever. Ever picked up the phone? Ever got off his ass? Ever shook my hand and said thank you for saying what you've said about us and about the organization and supporting us through all the crap when people were ripping him for not spending money doing this and doing that? I said, no, wait a minute, he did. Okay, but in this case, I'll rip the hell out of him. It, it's a garbage. It's it's a it's a classless move. You know, there's people that have money that they're tr- they're 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 penny pinchers. You know, you get it. You kind of have big business in mind and they do things in a particular way. And then there's people that don't have a lot of money or have money, but do it in just this just kind of a cheap way. This is kind of the, a bad look. This is a bad look for the brewers. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. So. Uh, I just wanted to get that out because uh, that's another thing we want to get into today. So today we've got all kinds of stuff uh, that we're going to chat about. We're going to obviously chat about the weekend. Uh, I want to get into that. I want to know, we got Matt Mitchell, our guy coming up. We're going to talk a little stock up and stock down today too. But Matt Mitchell, our betting guy is going to be here. Give some odds on the this afternoon. Also early betting lines, Eagles, seven point favorites going into the contest against the Giants next week. Ah, that that's right there. That, to me, is a game in which I'm going Giants and the points. Already, I'm going Giants and the points in that one. But stock up and stock down. We got Mike Clemens rounding out the show today. But in comparison, in comparison, I got to ask you a question. With what we saw, because we know everything circles back to the Packers. In comparison to what we saw yesterday and on Saturday, How far is Green Bay away from winning a title? How far is Green Bay away from winning the title? Because I think that's a reality. That's a look in the mirror type of moment. How far is Green Bay away from winning the title? Uh, Don't forget, coming up on Wednesday night, we are going to be live and in person. We're going to be at the Root River Center in Franklin. Come on out and say hi. Looking forward to that. It's always fun going down there. Big place, too. Good place, big place. Going to be down here uh, coming up. Brought to you by our friends at Bud Light. They are the official beer sponsor of the Bill Michael Sports Talk Network. Yes, I know the uh, live stream is down. Restream, uh, which is our streaming platform, having an issue today. So uh, they, uh, when I talked to them earlier this morning, they were uh, chatted with them. They were trying to get it up and running. We will see what, uh, what we can do to try to restart things, if indeed it will even start. But restream the actual platform. Itself that we stream off of is uh, is down right now. So, hopefully, we get it back up and running. But uh, but that being said, until then, enjoy the program over the air. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show next. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. The Bill Michaels Show, continuing on, and um, just kind of enjoy, it's a, what a, kind of a craptastic day, actually. Rainy day, although it's not a bad day for a Monday, not a bad day for a Monday, I'll take it, and the fact that it's uh, upper, upper 30s, I'll take that too, this time of year. Normally we'd be, uh, you know, sub-zero, freezing it. 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670, you want to hit us up, please feel free, go ahead and do so. 877-867-1670. 8778671670. So, uh I want to know how far away you think the Packers are to what we've witnessed. Cuz I think there's a reality to this. Now, we have not seen the number 1 seeds play as of yet. It hasn't happened. Um but the uh um th- there is a there is a um, a reality to where this team is. Oh, the live stream's working. There you have it. I see it just came up. There is a reality to where the Packers are talent-wise compared to other teams that you're seeing. Uh, I think they're right there with the Giants. I think they're right there with the Vikings. I think they're right there with... Uh, When Cincinnati has a good offensive line, Cincinnati might be a little bit ahead. Uh, I think they're right there with, say, like a Jacksonville team. I I think they could go toe-to-toe with uh, Seattle. I think the cream of the crop right now uh, comes from the uh, – well, we haven't seen Kansas City play. In Kansas City, I want to see how they play after a week off, and if they've just picked up where they left off as this just offensive juggernaut because towards the end of the season, they were just rolling – um, but I am in- interested to see how well Philadelphia plays next week with a healthy Jalen Hurts coming back, as opposed to San Francisco. I think the top three teams right now, if I had to pick them, like power rank wise via the postseason, I'd say Kansas City one, San Francisco two, Philadelphia three, and um, probably then I, I you know, I, I'd have to kind of, kind of pick my poison after that because I think. The Giants are that Giants defense is solid. That's a solid football team, and there was not a whole lot of big plays for um, for Justin Jefferson. They, I, I honestly, I think the Packers kind of gave the Giants the the blueprint. I don't know how many times you saw that Justin Jefferson got kind of chucked at the line of scrimmage, but he had seven catches, but only forty nine or forty seven yards. It was Hawkinson, the tight end that ended up with the big day, 10 catches, 129 yards, but didn't dent the end zone. K.J. Osborne was the guy that uh, dented the end zone. They basically said, Justin Jefferson, you're not going to beat us. It was very Bill Belichick-esque, the way they they won that game. Very much so. Uh, Let's go to Derek listening to us in Albany. Derek, how you doing, man? What's going on?
3: Bill, I uh, resolved my car situation. You were very uh, empathetic to uh, my car. Uh, oh, that's awesome. It cost me a bit, but uh, I, I went through my financials. And, uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm going to chip away at it. I don't run, run up much of a credit card bill. I got a hell of a nice credit rating. That's because I use my car yeah. conservatively. I've taught my kids that, too. Hey, uh, as far as the Packer thing goes, you may remember I, I'm older. I'm 65. I've been a fat Packer fan and followed them ardently since the mid-60s. And i got to be honest with you. People ask my opinion. I've written some things about it um, in the past, and people know me as an articulate guy when it comes to the Packers. But i got big question marks. I, this is the first time in a long time, Bill, where I'm like, huh, what? You, however, made a good point, and, and you were voicing this for all, those of us who thought about it. I thought a couple of days ago, we have the talent, as much talent as a lot of these teams in the playoffs. So what's what's the problem? What's missing? You know, it's – a lot of it i think is motivation um you know you got it football is a physical emotional game where you got to bring it all the time i mean you played it i played it a lot of people in your in your audience understand this it's a passionate game it's kind of in some ways it it's Neanderthal women will say to us oh god it's just a game we love the physicality of it i don't think the packers are physical enough that's one of the problems i have i would like them to be more so um we got a lot of problems with uh, you know free agency and who we're going to hold on to it's just a big question mark for me and the point i wanted to make facetiously in a funny way and your uh, your producer assured me that not to worry i live around a lot of giant fans here in the northeast i was actually rooting for minnesota and i hate the vikings more than i hate the giants but i was rooting for the vikings because i don't want to have to deal with the giant fans around here for the next week it, mm-hmm. you know how that can be but right. you're in an area yep. it's like oh my god give me a freaking break i gotta hear that all week so i'll be a huge eagles fan this week and, um, you know, I appreciate your rant on the Brewers and, and the small market teams because I'm a Cleveland uh, Guardians fan, and I've I've come to like the Brewers a lot over the years from listening to Wisconsin radio. But, uh, again, I think a lot of your audience is going to have question marks. It's if this happens, if that happens, ifs and buts and candy and nuts, it's going to be like that going right. into the offseason.
0: No, I appreciate the phone call. I look at this, um, uh, the the – I look at this as, okay, you start to go through position by position. You know, is Jair Alexander good? Sure he is. You know, Stokes when he comes back, yeah, you'd like to think Stokes is going to be good when he comes back. You know, Rasul Douglas, I thought. uh, Keyshawn Nixon, I thought, uh, played really well. Uh, I don't think Adrian Amos is going to be around. Uh, It it bothers me a little bit because while he's not a big hitter, big player, but he is a very quiet leader. Uh, Darnell Savage, uh, you hope that the cranius rectus invertus is done. Uh, Rashawn Gary, you hope he comes back strong. Kingsley Angambari, I thought, played admirably. Quay Walker had a solid first season. Devontae Wyatt, when he got his opportunity, played well. Dean Lowry, I'm not impressed with it all. Uh, I know that there are people that think Dean is this staunch workhorse, but when I see him getting blocked pretty much single-handedly, it just doesn't do much for me. You need beef up. I preach it all the time. If you do not dominate in the trenches, you will not dominate anywhere else. It's just that simple. You don't dominate in the trenches, you won't dominate anywhere else. I just, I I firmly believe that. And I think this team needs to add in the trenches. I I would not be at all upset if Gudekinst in his first, uh, you know, with his first draft choice in the first round went after a weapon of some type. Okay. But after that, uh, I am all for uh, just give me nothing but offensive linemen and defensive lineman. Just just keep keep loading it up. Give it ten of them. I don't care. Win in the trenches and you'll win everywhere else. It's that simple. After watching the pressure put on Joe Burrow, after watching the pressure put on on Kirk uh, Kirk Cousins, after watching the pressure that was put on Josh Allen, forcing him into mistakes, I I just you know I I just Geno you know, Smith with the pressure that. Bosan Company brought, I just believe you win in the trenches, you're gonna win games. It's that simple. Um, but I will agree with you. You said something there about is it motivation? And I see some of these Shanahan has a way. I can't put my finger on it. He's not a rah-rah guy, but he's you watch him. He's talking to guys, he's he's you know, and, and again, I don't get a chance really to see many games via the television. When you're at him. So, I, you know, I'm not always watching LaFleur, but all I ever see LaFleur is talking in the headset, walking back and forth, looking at the chart. That's a lot of Shanahan. But now you look at some of these other coaches like Doug Peterson. You know, Doug Peterson, you know, Trevor Lawrence comes off the field. Doug Peterson's over there talking to him. Andy Reid is sitting on the bench next to Patrick Mahomes. You know, I mean, you got coaches coaching not just talking to a guy in the headset not just saying you know i don't even know what the hell they're saying half the time they could just be saying i was always told if you ever look like you're on a conversation say cabbage patch cauliflower because that'll make your mouth move in every direction cabbage patch cauliflower and that'll make it look like you're actually having a conversation i he might just be yelling that going down the sidelines who knows because everybody else seems to be down on the field right who's he talking to but I, my point is you listen to these. Now, but Dable yesterday after the game, he was about as dry and as short and to the point, and it was like, you just won, dude. You just won. You should be ecstatic. And he didn't care. He's like, we haven't won anything. We haven't won anything. He played well. Played well. Next question. No, he played really good. Next question. So Dable was kind of like almost Popovich-esque when it came to his postgame pressure yesterday. So I can't really shout him out. But you watch some of these coaches and the way they work, man. It's just, I don't know. I, I don't know if it's motivation. I don't know if it's inspiration. I don't know if it's attention to detail. I don't know if it's guys that have a complete, firm, manly grasp on the room. I don't know. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. But there's just something missing right now in Green Bay. Something missing. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. Hit us up. I uh, want to hear from you. Give me your thoughts. Where the Packers stack up to what you've seen so far? As we've now got uh, just about round one of the uh, the postseason in the NFL complete. One more game coming up tonight: the Buccaneers and the Cowboys. And I don't even know which way I'm rooting in this one. To be honest with you, I'm I'm. Uh, Kind of torn. I'm gonna. I, my gut will tell me tonight when I'm sitting downstairs. I might even podcast tonight, so look for that, too. Not that I'm sitting here thinking that you're going to be laying around waiting with bated breath to see what I end up doing, but just so you know. Hey, speaking of that, yesterday had a great time, went down to Nice Ash, smoked some cigars, came home last night and grilled up. Some perfect steak cut pork chops. Oh my goodness, they were awesome from our friends at Robert Specialty Meats. Robert Specialty Meats in Waukesha, home of the home of the ribs on a stick, and the chicken skewers, the garlic parm chicken skewers, the Al Capone roast, the alcapone sausage. Oh, so, so, so good. Check out our friends at Robert Specialty Meats waukesha.com Robert Specialty Meats waukesha.com What's your phone calls coming up next? Yesterday, over on the uh, the Facebook fan page, if you haven't seen it, uh, our friends at the Social House new menu, a lot of new items to their new menu. So if you uh, are looking for something to do, maybe tonight you want to go out, and watch the game. Uh, Social House, Lisbon Road, Menominee Falls. Man, they've got a, a a meatball sandwich. The the Tiger Burger is fantastic. It's like a spicy type of jelly, and it, it's it's with jalapenos and cheeses and pepper jack, and it's it's really good. It's got a little it's got a little zip to it. Uh, But then they had this crispy buffalo chicken sandwich. They've got a new pizza burger with pepperoni. They have got uh, these new Reuben rolls, chicken rolls, the mashed potato bites. Yeah, that makes you want to do funny stuff to farm animals. That stuff is really good. Um that was that. Was that out of line? That wasn't out of line. And then you've got uh, some uh, some of the other new appetizers they have there. It's really good. But they did keep the uh, traditional cheese curd burger, and you can still stop over there on a Sunday morning and get a cocktail and get yourself the free pancakes. But if you're going to go anywhere, uh, stop out and check out our friends over at Social House H A U S over there on Lisbon Road in Menominee Falls. And uh, boy, oh boy, they really have kind of upgraded not only their their staff but uh, their food as well. Just trying to kind of keep up with everybody. Good stuff. Uh, let's get back to the phone calls. Doug listening to us in Luxembourg. Doug, how you doing today, man? What's going on?
4: Hey, Bill. Doing good. I'll answer your question on what the Packers need. I think first and foremost, an edge rusher. Uh, you know, we lost Rashawn Gary, and I think the team really took that hard. I just, you know, and uh, as Preston Smith goes, for every – One great game he has, he seems to have four bad ones. You know, just not no consistency. I think against the Lions, I don't think he had a single tackle in that game. No, and I think we need two two new safeties, an offensive side of the ball, a center, an offensive tackle, a tight end. And then foremost, a coach that's going to be decisive and err on the side of caution. Somebody's going to learn from his mistakes. How many times are you going to go for it on fourth down? Maybe you got about a 10% success rate. Mm-hmm. You know, throwing field position away like it's nothing. You know, that, there's a lot, a lot that this team needs. And we need to no, touch you. quarterback play yet. <laughs> you
0: know? uh, yeah, I, I agree with you. There's uh, yeah, Appreciate the phone call, man. Now, uh, Preston Smith, by the way, yeah, one tackle uh, against the Lions. One, I had to go back and check, but one tackle against the Lions. But I think if if I'm going to sit here and start with the wish list, uh, first of all, I think Josh Myers is solid. Uh, I don't have a problem with the center position. Uh, he did not play as well this year, but they did have some moving pieces there. I think John Runyon is solid. I am interested to see what Zach Tom morphs into, if he becomes the permanent right tackle, and also what Yash Nyman, uh, what they do, In that particular realm, going into next season, when Sean Ryan comes back, obviously they spent a third round draft choice on him. But we all know third round draft choices on this team, third rounds, that's where players go to die, basically. Uh, But obviously, you would assume Bakhtiari, by the way that, uh, at least by the way that Brian Gudekin spoke, you kind of figure Bakhtiari's coming back. Elton Jenkins is coming back. So you have Josh Myers, John Runyon, Zach Tom, Yash Nyman. who knows what they do with Rashid Walker. Uh, obviously, they'll probably draft another guy or two. Royce Newman looked bad uh, this season. Did not play well at all. Um, going to be in, in as a fourth-round draft choice a couple of years ago. Uh, you wonder where he's going to fall on that depth chart by the time it's all said and done. But you think anyway, as of right now, you're relatively stacked okay. at uh, you, you don't mind another big, versatile body on the offensive line. So you're not you're not bad there. But you believe your offensive line needs a little polish, but you believe you're okay. The time department, I will 100% agree with you. Uh, Josiah DeGuar as a third-round draft choice is not utilized. There's not much there. I'm, I don't have a problem. If they cut bait, I don't think anybody blink an eye. Uh, Mercedes Lewis, big dog. Big dog. Big dog's not versatile. He's a blocker. Robert Tanyan can catch passes. But you could always use another dynamic pass catcher at uh, the tight end position. Uh, the running back position you would assume is solid, but you've got to figure out what you're going to do with Aaron jones salary. My assumption is they're going to kick the can down the road a little bit. And then you need to add to the, uh, the wide receiver position. You need, obviously, uh, another talented receiver or two to add to that room, but I still think you need veterans. Al Lazard seemed to be very much affixed to the fact that he wasn't coming back. What do you do with Randall Cobb? But I still think you need to find a veteran. And then obviously the quarterback has to be committed. Defensively speaking, I could I'm not going to necessarily say you gotta blow out both safeties. Savage came back and, and played pretty well, but I and he was good early on in his career as a hitter. Uh and does have enough speed to be able to keep up. It's just he's not a he's not one of your top coverage guys. He never will be. Uh, But I I think Savage can be something. uh, Whatever he had going on in the earlier portion of the season, uh, I'm not quite sure. But uh, the rest uh, of what you went through, uh, Dean Lowry I would probably change out. I'd add more depth on the defensive front. Uh, Obviously getting Rashawn Gary back, but you need more bodies on the outside linebacking position. Hell, you need more bodies on the inside linebacking position for that matter. 877-867-1670. Hit us up. 877-867-1670. When we come back and talk a little betting, our old boy Uncle Mitch is going to be joining us. Stay tuned. we got Matt Mitchell the Action Network coming back. More of your phone calls coming up and then getting into the next hour again. What do you look at in comparison to the Green Bay Packers versus the teams that are in the postseason right now? More of the Bill Michael Show next. Here's Mike Clemens.
3: The Packers' Keyshawn Nixon was named to the All-Pro first team by the Associated Press. Nixon says he was determined to win the kickoff return job after the team waved former third-round pick Amari Rodgers in November, just a year and a half after being drafted. It's a small window with this stuff. You, know, you never know. Like Sometimes people always think like somebody get cut, and it's like the end of the world, but... Sometimes somebody goes somewhere else, it's a fresh start. One of Keyshawn Nixon's biggest supporters on the team is Aaron Rodgers. I asked Rodgers
2: what makes Nixon stand out. Well, he's tough, you know, and then I don't use that uh, characteristic lightly. There's just not the same amount of mentally physically tough guys i think in the league and he's one of them you know he's a guy i wish i could have played a decade with because you could win with guys like that smart guys who are mentally and physically tough who play with an edge play with an attitude
3: in the nfl playoffs the vikings losing at home to the giants 31 to 24 first year head coach kevin o'connell led minnesota to a 13 and 4 record and an NFC north title but one and done in the playoffs o'connell on what the mood was like after the game inside the vikings locker room
4: it's one of the closest connected groups in, in the entire NFL. These guys, are, there's real tears in there. There's real guys that expected uh, to really have a chance to, to win a world championship. And, and you got to give the Giants a lot of credit. You know, give ourselves a chance to compete at the highest levels in this league. And I think we'll take a look at a lot of things just to see where we can improve and, and be the best version of ourselves. That's Vikings head coach Kevin O'Connell.
3: I'm Mike Clemens on The Bill Michaels Show.
0: portion of the program, brought to you by our good friends over there Potawatomi Hotel Casino. A lot of good stuff going on, and Bingo is back at Pottawatomie, so check out Pottawatomie Hotel Casino and see for yourself uh, what they have going on. And if you want to do some stay-and-play packages down there, they have uh, the Steakhouse is back open, all the restaurants are open, Bingo is back, and they have uh, the 360 Bar up in Craig and cranking some music down there this weekend, which is really kind of cool, sitting down there for a little bit, stopped in. A lot of good stuff uh, over there at uh, Potawatomi Hotel Casino. Joining us now on the uh, the hotline, our guy Matt Mitchell is now here. Matt, how are you doing today? Bill, I'm doing
2: great. I was I found myself kind of accidentally on a plane during the fourth quarter of my beloved Bill's game against the Dolphins. The Wi-Fi went out. I was totally in the dark for the last seven minutes of the game.
0: Oh, boy. I thought
2: I was going to throw up, and the flight attendant said, are you okay? <laughs> I said, ma'am, I need to know who won the Buffalo Bills game or I'm going to be sick. And she said, is this a gambling thing or a fan thing? And I said, it's kind of both of those. She looked yes. pretty worried, and she went down the phone <laughs> to the cockpit. The cockpit <laughs> called the ground, and they got me the score.
0: Go, Bill. And you, breathe, you were breathing easier after that. You yep, didn't I have said, to come in with I'll the I'll be, easier, like... I'll
2: be an ideal uh, passenger after that. OK,
0: well, let's start there. Uh, obviously, uh, the, the Bills were favored in this one, but boy, they had to barely hang on. It wasn't it was a weekend of interesting spreads and interesting covers, wasn't it?
2: It, it was that game was, uh, I think, a lot. It looked a lot closer than it than it uh, than it actually was. Shakir drops a 50 yard pass. Dawson Knox drops a touchdown. Both very, they very, you know, both took reviews to overturn That game was very close to being 28-6 at halftime. It said it was um, almost a tie game. So I I don't take a whole lot away from that. The Bills, you know, more than you could say about the Chargers and some other teams, they escaped with the win. They get to invite Cincinnati. Cincinnati opened as a a six-and-a-half-point underdog in Buffalo. That was immediately gobbled up, and the line right now is is jumping between three-and-a-half and four.
0: Well, that was going to be my question because Cincinnati got off to a fast start in that game against Buffalo, obviously, before... You know, we watched yep. Jamar Hamlin uh, collapse. So, in Cincinnati, I know that they were doing some post game interviews. I was watching on the NFL Network yesterday, and they said, "Look, going to Buffalo. You know, they're excited. Obviously, they're still in the postseason, but they felt they had a really good game plan against. They felt they really matched up well against them. And they said they're excited about that game, which is why when it came out at six and a half early on, I'm like, mm, that's watching the spreads this weekend and what they were and what they were supposed to be and what the games actually ended up. I thought, boy, six and a half. Yeah, if you're a gambler, you might want to jump on that right now
2: yeah that that vanished I was uh, I'm here in, in New York with all of our, our team and watching people you know sweat out thousands and thousands of dollars in real time was you know a, an interesting sight to behold but those seeing that six and a half drop as soon as the Bengals game ends that didn't last 30 minutes before it became um, five and a half and five and now four there's a lot of movement on Cincinnati at that number that said now it's four I don't mind the Bills on this side. Of course, I also told your listeners they could win by 400 against Miami, so I don't know how much credibility I have left. But we did watch, like you said, Cincinnati and Buffalo got to play a little preview, and that was working out great for Cincinnati. Everyone's obviously so delighted that uh, Demore Hamlin is, is well now. But I think that proved a, uh, that sneak peek really helps Buffalo's preparation because they looked dreadful and unprepared. Cincinnati looked quite the opposite being able to use that information to their advantage and now move the game to Buffalo, I think leans and kind of tilts the scales a little bit in Buffalo's favor.
0: Uh, you got a game coming up tonight, Buccaneers uh, right now, two and a half points, uh, getting two and a half points against the Cowboys. Give me your thoughts on that contest.
2: I think it's an underplay. Uh, right now it's 45 and a half. These are two offenses that have struggled um, at various periods in the season. Uh, they're both a little bit banged up. The total's a little bit high based on the caliber of play. We've seen two strong enough defenses, especially on the Tampa side, which is getting healthier and healthier. Vita Vea back on the defensive line. Uh, Tampa Bay's star center was just activated from IR this morning. A lot of people like Tampa. Seeing that number stay at 2.5 and and not move really anywhere this week leads me to believe that uh, I'm just a little leery about taking Tampa at that price because they're a team that's played so dreadfully. I, I'm worried it's wishful thinking about about Tom Brady more than the Tom Brady who exists right now. So I think I'd I I'd, I'd roll the dice in just saying 45-and-a-half is too rich. We're looking at probably a 24-17 style game.
0: I know we're going to talk more about this uh, at the end of the week, but you've got the Eagles already seven-point favorites with Jalen Hurts at least saying he's healthy and ready to come back against mm-hmm. a Giants team that just went in and knocked off the Vikings up in Minneapolis. Now, we know the Vikings' defense wasn't great, but, man, what Daniel Jones did I, I thought was spectacular. The problem was they didn't have much of a downfield game. So the question is, be, and, and the defense of the Eagles is drastically different. They doubled sacks when it comes to the quarterback uh, pressures uh, as opposed to what the Vikings did, and they don't give up nearly as many passing yards. So you tell me. Give me your thoughts on that Giants-Eagles game early on.
2: I mean, like I like I told you and your listeners on Friday and, and much earlier this season – Daniel Jones, just the king of the road. He is <laughs> just amazing against the spread on the road in general and on the road as an underdog in particular. He did it again in Minnesota, won the game outright as a three-point dog, and won it fairly handily. He was clearly the better quarterback in the contest. I think he only had one bad drive in an entire 60-minute game. He looked really incredible. Obviously, Philly's in a different class than Minnesota, who was something of, a, of a, a trickster all year based on their point differential and a number of metrics they were punching above their weight. Seven's a lot. Seven in a divisional matchup. So I don't know how much the rest helps Philadelphia here. The game being in Philadelphia, obviously an enormous advantage, but I'm, I'd be surprised if seven with the Giants wasn't a smart play by the end of the week.
0: Matt, great stuff. Got a rumble. We'll talk at the end of the weekend, okay? Thanks, Bill. Appreciate it, pal. There you go. Matt Mitchell, the Action Network. We'll be back coming up right after this. The Bill Michaels Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.